Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Good. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, Chicken to Chicken Live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the kings in the quest, Ascabello, our party have just made it to Tarulo. They came here with Barai, or potentially with Kick the Click. I don't know. We had a weird party divide. Things got a little tough. We had a little bit of drama, but we met in a dark alley, and apparently it's okay again. Our party, uh, still hot on the trail, seeking, uh, seeking out Chazelle, hoping to bring peace to Azkabellum in order to form an army to send back to Amroth to kick some spooky iron butts. Uh, our party trying to find Chazelle have arrived in Tarulo, hoping that the Seaborn, uh, one of the variants of the uh, Avian people, uh, might have some information. After befriending them and showing their good spirits, thanks to Anton and his wonderful Lunchables, um, the party are apparently being led into the location or the last known location of Chazelle. Our party meeting in a shed behind the home of Barai's family uh have just been introduced to to a very strange creature a about seven and a half foot tall sasquatch looking bat person wearing dark sunglasses who just lifted up his sunglasses and said oh, hey uh at this point staring back at you with a very inquisitive look our giant walking carpet batman just kind of not that batman man bat looks back at you guys with a very strange grin on his face and his poor sign nose pushed back up uh i don't know just looks kind of pleasant towering over everybody in the room or i guess not everybody uh he gives everybody a, a little smile and then he says what's your name i was vaping hi i'm Kleeka. <laughs> and Jarzak. with that he gives he reaches out his spooky fang like his little clawed hand down to you and you can see like some slight webbing between some of the fingers there he smells of like guano as well as smelling like strange chemicals. And as he like leans forward, he smells like like just a bunch of Windex and bleach. Like he just smells like a lab and reaches out a little hand to, to grab onto yours. Clica shakes his hand. And so he I guess he just looks to everybody else in the room who refuses to speak to him and he says, Well, no need to be shy. I promise I'm not hostile. I was waiting my turn. Norhill Hammerstone. And he reaches out his grizzly hand to you as well for a quick shake. Yeah, Norhill shakes it. 
and he reaches over to kick the click who kicked the click at this point looks timidly back and forth at both Klika and Jarzak and puts a hand onto uh, our furry friend here's shoulder. And you can see this big furry guy kind of like jolt back for a second. And then he gives a couple of nods and looks deep into the uh, strange insectoid eyes of kick the click as if he had said something. Anton holds out his hand. He says, hello, I'm Anton Glorywig. Who may you be? He says, my name is Kalamaza. I am a Desmodu, but uh, I guess I got to kind of stay in hiding for most of this. Uh, You there. And he points to Jarzak and he reaches out for your gauntleted hand and pulls it back and he says, whoa, look at that thing. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jarzak. And he says, was that built by Sferf Neblin? Uh, does it look like it's built by them? Uh, I guess so. I don't really know too many to build things like that. Oh, then maybe it is. Well, okie dokie then. And he just kind of stands back up to his full height and he looks around you guys and he says, So, uh, what are you, uh, what's going on here anyway? Uh, they told me I needed to talk to you about something, and I, uh, uh, he looks back and forth at the uh, Barai and the rest of those guys, and they give him kind of a knowing nod, and he says, oh, they want to know about her? And they give another knowing nod, and he says, oh, yeah, Chazelle. Uh, kind of a long story that's actually a short story, but if you're uh, willing to listen, I can tell you. Yeah. You've got time to spare. Well, uh, I know you're not going to like the answer I give you, but uh, I think she's alive. Now, of course, she did go into drow lands. She may have been chased by a purple worm. And she may uh, be myconid food. Now, these were all maybes and mites. And, uh... Yeah, that's about it. Well, he looks back and forth at Barai and the gang. And he's I, like, oh, I, I'm yeah, going to uh, do, right. do an insight. <laughs> this fox heck? just lined you guys. Yeah, he's like, fine, I ate her. Well, I got 22. Is, this, is he lying or is he just not really sure himself? No, he's not lying. He's just kind of obfuscating how terrible the situation is. So, I mean, he, yeah. So with that, he looks back and forth at Borai and them, and he says, okay, listen, the best I can say is the Council of Elders, they gave her a pass. They said she could travel through our lands, no questions asked. She's beloved by everybody in my home. Ikara. It's a beautiful city. Smells terrible, but it's beautiful, really. She took one of our gliders and she left. Went down a side passage and, uh, the best I can really say to you is I don't know that she made it. I don't know why she went that way, but uh, yeah. Well, could you take us to Hikara and get us the same stuff so that we can follow her? So with that, he just starts to kind of like pull inward and he starts laughing a deep bellowing laugh and he's like <laughs> I mean uh, 
<clears throat> yeah, probably. I, I might be able to make that uh, make that happen for you. Um, I'm gonna have to talk to the elders, and uh, might have to do a bit of trading, cause uh, you don't want to walk through those tunnels. One, there's so much bad poop in there. But two, uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm just a little confused. You're planning on following her? Yes. In order to assume that that's our only choice. Uh huh. Well, uh, oh, geez. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> starts kind of rubbing his temples on his head. Did, and she he says, not want to talk? Did she, did she interact with your people at all? Well, I mean, she spoke to the elders, and the elders gave her a free glider. I mean, she's been there for a while. I mean, I remember seeing her when I was just a little guy. And uh, now I'm uh, just a big guy. Saw her again, but only in passing. She gave me a smile and a nod, pinched my cheek, which I don't know how she got up that high. But she, uh, yeah. And she was off on her way. I offered to help guide, as I'm one of the better scouts in the uh, tunnels. But, um, yeah, she didn't have much to say to me. Well, would you be our guide to track her down? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, I don't want to. Is uh, the thing, you know, if, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be frank with you, I don't want to. If I need to, he looks at Brian. Then he says, "I owe it to everybody to do what I have to do to be good to everybody." No system will function without everybody cooperating. So, I mean, if I have to help, I suppose I, uh, uh, I guess I'll uh, help you out. So, um, a couple questions from Klika. One, what's a drow? Two, what's a purple worm? And three, what's a mic in it? That's three questions, well, not two. Well, Anton, sometimes people use couple for two, two, three things. And some, by sometimes, that, I mean Klika right now. Wouldn't that just, be a few? <laughs> sure. Klika has a few questions. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if we're really going to be discussing this, I think you might want to discuss this alongside the elders because uh let's just say if i have to commit to helping you out i want you to at least commit enough to come to hikara and speak with them that way i didn't walk all the way out here for nothing when i tell you about a gigantic worm that uh <coughs> eats entire people whole in single bites so that's what drow are okay we got two left Right, right, right. And the purple worm happens to be very ironically named as it is not purple nor a worm. Uh, in fact, it is a dark-skinned elf who lives underground. A classic misnomer. Kleeka loves Personally, those. The people on the surface have gotten it wrong for so long. And, and I just, it's just the way we pronounce purple worm. It's actually one word spelled very differently, but you, terrestrials are just an interesting lot, to say the least. No wonder they've lived for centuries with a chip on their shoulder. We've been saying it wrong. It's actually a pretty funny joke when you think about it. Think of nods knowingly. They might get thwarted by everybody around them, but at least they get the last laugh. And they say, damn you, drow. And everybody looks around panicked for a giant purple worm. 
not a purple worm because they are purple worm <laughs> but like a giant worm that happens to also be purple it you know in retrospect it is a little confusing i'm not gonna lie be all that as it may it seems that moving through your uh, with your people and through your cities our only option uh if we mean to follow this path to peace so what say everyone we leave at first light uh the our friend kalamaza grabbing his goggles on his head he says no actually we're not gonna do that if we're leaving we're leaving in the dead of night i'm not walking out there with my eyeballs melting like a couple of eggs Hmm. Well, this is also a good time to introduce everybody to our new friend, um, Kick the Click. He's just eating bari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, uh, Kick the Click uh, just twitches. Our uh, Kliga, Jarjak, are the two of you sufficiently rested for a journey? Well, has just amped up on cigarettes, crank and catnap. Just yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, Jar Jack's the most rested he's ever been. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm good to go. <laughs> Kick the clicks, got him on the good stuff. Sleep is for the weak man. Sleeka but... could probably use a long rest, but no, I'll carry you. Let's go, Clicka. We haven't slept in three days. We got this. And until like, that, you spent most of the day sleeping. Noel's going to turn and look at Bride. This is our only lead. And Bride just gives a knowing nod and says, this isn't a lead. This is where she went. And Kalamaza says, as he holds up all of his hands openly, he says, oh, no, 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 no. She didn't go to me. I, I want to I make sure everybody's well aware. I didn't send her down that path. She chose it. Uh, nobody is making any such insinuation. Okay. Do you, so um, you see the purple word drow? I uh-huh. want you to know I didn't send anybody to it. Can I do an insight check on this whole purple worm drow situation? Because <laughs> oh, I figured shit. Anton would, but <laughs> no, I think, I think... It's a he ate it up. Anton can tell this guy's nervous about something and he's kind of inferring is it like is this something to do with Bri's people he's not too sure so he's gonna kind of maybe ask questions when they're away I mean as far as this whole purple worm drow business goes I imagine he thinks Klika's in on the joke as well and he was trying to be funny so drow are drow and purple worms are purple worms Jarzak just nods now knowing (laughs) That is pretty funny. It's like the sun's setting in the east and the west. Oh no! I'll let Cleek know about it later. Anton just, oh no! Cleek is going to be devastated. His head, for fear of which side the planet the sun is setting on. But anyway, that is terrifying. That is terrifying. Show us what. Oh my god! Show up next. So, um, okay. So at this point, uh, Kalamazo is ready to get going. Anton uh, wants to bid. Oh, uh, no! Go ahead. Anton was going to bid Barai and his people farewell and leave them extra um, loaves of bread and other any form of other resource he can provide. 
Sure, I mean, and as you start to do it, Barai tries to stop you and he says, you know, you have done plenty enough for me and everybody else. He says, if you would have me, I would come with you. But I have a feeling you, as he looks at Kalmaza and kick the click, he says, I have a feeling you have plenty enough amongst you. I will not prevent you from this journey, but being away from my home for so long, and I don't know how long you've been from home, take hold of it and cherish it while you have it here. And he says, luckily, faith is a journey that is as distant as you need it to be. I shall stay here and I will meditate on everything I've learned from you. And I hope that someday when you return, hopefully to, to Rulo, you will tell me of what happened. But something tells me this isn't the last I'm going to hear of any of you. I imagine that is the case. Hopefully when you hear of us, it is good news. Locals, yeah, tourists ride purple worm into sunset. Like, <laughs> goddamn, those guys are good. But anyway, um, okay. So with that, Kalamaza heads off outside and kick the click, follows you guys obediently and studiously as if, you know, member of the group, tracing you guys' steps and following uh, alongside. And Kalmaza just goes wandering off into the uh, off into the wastelands. Um, is anybody going to light a torch or anything like that, or are you just going to follow him into the dark under the starlight? Uh, lantern. I'm just curious. When you say wastelands, what type of environment is this now? Bio. I mean, it's like the plains. It's just again it, the fossilized trees, dehydrated bushes and shrubs, big stones, baked ground. Like it's it's just a really rough place. Like, is there greenery that grows? Sure, but it's the kind of greenery that requires like absolutely no moisture. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not a, a place where things live. I mean, before we head out, should uh, we ask about taking the cart and the horse with us? Like, is that going to be something that's possible? Um, Kalamaza, mm -hmm. do you think we'll be able to take our cart and horses with us? Or is this something we should be doing on foot? Uh, is this a gift to the elders? Uh, I guess it, it could be. It could be, yeah. <laughs> it shall be. That's, that's not much of a gift now that you're uh, telling me that it's kind of... Yeah, all right, bring it with us, I guess. Sorry, I, 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 Klika's all hopped up on... Klika drank a rabbit earlier. And it's just... <laughs> still, she can, Klika hasn't not been able to feel her heartbeat. <laughs> For about a day now. Yeah, you guys oh, had a real wild fucking journey. I'm thinking about it now. That is like wasteland crank, isn't it? Just rabbit juice. But anyway, so Kalamaza, hot one, desert rabbit. <laughs> no. Um, it's, that scorpion opened up his own sub brand where he's cracking open holy men. But um, but oh, no, no, don't say that, please. <laughs> but um, oh, crack open a holy one. But anyway, with that, the uh, Kalmaza leads the group, walking with a strange and kind of just a very awkward gait to him as he like kind of hops left and right in a very like grapeviney kind of way where he's just like bouncing back and forth. Um, and the party follows behind him with dim lantern light, a small 
troop of horses, as well as a wonderful mule and a carriage full of goods, or at least a cart full of goods, or I guess traveling supplies. And through the night, the party travel for about three or four hours until eventually you guys see in the distance a large rocky outcropping on the side of a hill. And Kalmaza just leaves over to that direction and points you guys inward. And you can see a very, very slender opening that horses could fit through one at a time. And the cart's going to barely squeeze into there. And as each and every one of you guys maneuver your way in, you see before you just large open, like cavernous opening. And it sort of snakes left and right, up and down all around. And there's a good bit of moisture in here, which is, you know, the only reason why I mention it is just because of how different it is from the wasteland outside. But the humidity inside of here, the coolness and everything is kind of like stepping into a refrigerator after being outside and all that. So it's kind of nice and refreshing for what it's worth. And as you guys enter here and start going around a series of small passageways, Kalamaza walks over to a large rock and pushes it very easily, sliding it on what appears to be like a false like ground, as if like kind of like a sliding door apparatus with a couple of sheen and greased metal like uh, panels, and the whole fake rock slides over. And inside, you see sort of like a, a passageway that declines down, and before you is just a giant open cavernous space filled with stalactites and stalagmites that are massive, like buildings in their own right, each pierced with little flickering lights inside, like little windows of apartments dangling both from the roof and, you know, uh, the stalagmites on the ground po uh, pointing up. And you guys can see tons of little bats in the ghostly light of all the torches and everything and all the bioluminant fungus down there. Like you see like little bats flying around, big bats flying around, what appear to be the Desmodu guys riding on bats flying around from to and fro as if an entire ecosystem of like a city exists in this cavernous pocket under here and it seems to all be pretty well secluded and you know reclusively hidden inside of here kalmaza kind of shows you guys this and with a sweeping arm almost like tongue-in-cheek he says uh welcome to hikara uh, wipe your feet on the way in. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. There is so much bat poop on the ground. You're going to wipe them on the way out. Uh, can we and... say Klika was taking <laughs> a rest in the cart while we were traveling? I mean, it's only a three-hour trip, so it wouldn't be enough for a long rest. Could be. She really cranked it out. I don't, I don't think you're allowed to crank it out in the cart while we're driving. <laughs> I think there's a no-cranking rule. For all of us while we're traveling. Um, you can't tell Klika what to do. <laughs> well, having a rebellious face in the back of the cart. Klika, no cranking. <laughs> Shut up. You ain't my dad. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And so he just guides you guys down into uh, one of the large stalagmites at the bottom and gets you guys uh, a series of bats that are dangling from rafters above. And as he kind of points to individual bats and points to each one of you, he gets like these little like saddles ready. And after looking at each and every one of you individually, he puts the saddles back up and grabs saddles that have like leg and like torso harnesses on them as if you guys are going to be like saddled in hard onto these things and won't be just given the opportunity to potentially fall off on your own dumbass faults. 
So with that, he starts strapping him onto some of the bats and a couple of the other Desmodo in here who give you guys boggle-eyed looks. None of them wearing the glasses or anything, but each one of them looking pretty well identical and giving warm gestures and nods. Not at all speaking in the common tongue like Cal Mazda can, but instead you hear high-pitched squeaks and whistles, which is alarming to come from such a gigantic bat person, but they seem to be communicating in their own right. So you can order so as all the what did you say? It's like orca whales. They're big and they're scary, but they got cute little voices. <laughs> yup. We do hear the purple worm. So with that, the uh, <laughs> that's terrifying. That it's just like a slide whistle. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon. What have I done? But with that. Anywho, um, with that, he fixes everybody up with a giant bat and the giant bats hanging upside down with their saddles at the ready. There's a small ladder fixed on the wall for you guys that you can climb up to, hoist your legs in and be facing like the ground at like a perpendicular angle, kind of facing the ground like that. And um, I don't know who would be first, but who saddles up first into one of these bats? I'll go first. Unless someone else wanted to. Because mid crank. So she's a bit busy. You don't want to interrupt her while she's cranking. She doesn't get to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Then she gets cranky. I'm over it. I'm over it. So with that, the... uh, Guys, I also cracked open a rabbit before session tonight. I'm on one. I'm over it. So with that, the the bat troop have been lined up on this one rack. And you see at the side of the stalagmite that there's like an opening to the side. And as each one of you hook yourselves into one of these bats facing the ground, they all kind of like conga line to the side a little bit, shuffling up this line until one of them drops and just falls with Jarzak and just drops like a rock and just falls straight down before catching a quick drift and starts guiding you higher up into the caverns with just a huge gust of cool wind on your face from going that fast. It's like a roller coaster ride. Oh, but instead... God, that felt weird in my stomach. Oh, oh no, the rat blood. I mean, the <laughs> rabbit blood. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jarzak had some rat blood, too. He's been holding up. Uh, has gotten a taste for blood. Yeah. Now that he knows it's tasty. It's time for flying rats. <laughs> Oh, no, oh, no. Anyway, Jarzak's bat dive bombs to the ground. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no. And so with that, Jarzak, Jarzak's bat, everybody's bat starts flying um, in the general direction of one of the larger stalagmites, oh, stalactites rather, that's dangling from the ceiling. And it seems to be the most colorfully lit. And as you guys approach closer and closer, uh, you come to a slight landing in another one of those hanging hooks, just like you had come to before. And as you guys land in here and see all the Desmodu kind of hanging out and preparing for you guys to get off your little kitty rides, they start to unhook you guys and pull you out and plop you onto the ground inside of here. And it seems like you guys are in something of like, I don't want to say like a bus stop, but this is just like, I don't know, just nice little like spot for everybody to be landed and getting off. And so as the whole party come to a landing in here with Kick the Click coming last after trying to fight everybody for hooking him into the into his bat ride, um, the whole gang of you guys are here with Kalamaza, who leads you up a series of spiraling stairwells until eventually you enter something of like a circular nesting sort of chamber where a bunch of like down fur is just laid out on the ground in small tufts and piles. It's been kind of shaped into small sections as if like little beds, but 
it looks like people are supposed to curl up like cats. And he basically just says, I'd offer you guys something to eat, but I don't know how much you like giant bugs. Uh, I mean, I'll try everything once. Usually so not. Much. We've brought more than enough of our own food with us. Uh, please don't eat kick the click. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. Now he's the meal. The sky rat ate him. But anyway, um, okay. So the whole part of you guys uh, sit there on the, uh, what's it called? On the ground here. And I mean, I don't know if anybody was willing to eat any of that food. Yeah. Uh, any of the bug stuff, but if you'd like to eat it, I mean, they could bring it. I mean, it sounds like Norhill's not looking to eat the bugs, but it's was anybody? Not Norhill's not going to eat the bugs. Bug. <laughs> Klika, right. Klika has not eaten too much, huh. so Klika will have a bug. Oh, I thought it was going to be just me. Thanks, Klika. Yeah, totally. You're, now you're muted. muted. Perfect. You know, I love when my computer decides to turn itself uh, like that and just close it out. It's all good. So anyway, after being muted in my laptop trying to end this uh, podcast a little early, uh, you guys, um, yeah, they bring out a series of toasted grubs about the size of Jarzak's thumb. So these are some big hefty boys. And uh, Kalamaza tries to guide you into eating them and explains you don't want to eat the pincery part on the face of it. Instead, you want to pluck it and slurp out the goo and have the chewy part of the skin that's been toasted as sort of like the chaser. Okay, do it how he explains. Clica okay. tries her best to follow those instructions. So I guess the way I would say it tastes is kind of like a really bitter kind of like nut butter. And then like a really, really slimy jelly that has absolutely no taste. But the skin of it is kind of like a uh, pita bread if it had like rubbery bacon as like the outer rim of it. So it's got some tough and some bite. But overall, the whole bite of it, it tastes just like kind of unflavored, but filling, I guess. Like it's not, oh, it's like a whole del- meal there, but it's not. delicious. <laughs> Kick the click is, is trying to eat everybody else's that's available. And give him mine. Yeah, yeah, he he can have Norhill's and Norhill will crack open a ration or something. I will. It is also like a loaf of bread. We'll give half to Norhill. (laughs) I will also be eating as much as Kick the Click. Oh, good. And so with that, uh, I guess everybody's free to go to bed since it's like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. So horses good down there. And so with that, Kalmaza like feels around at his pockets and he's like, oh, shit. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, he <laughs> says, yeah, they're being uh, taken care of. Oh, nice. Th- thanks. They got gift wrapped. <laughs> just... You have a gift wrapper? Oh, my God. I've always wanted to see one of those machines. Anywho. Uh, apart from Underdark Technologies, yeah, you guys are free to go to bed now. And for what it's worth, the the downing, the, the fur here for the beds is pretty comfortable. Kick the Click looks the most uncomfortable out of everybody as he refuses to go to sleep. And he just kind of stands in the corner staring at the doorway. Does Did we establish this? Do they need to sleep or no? Who? The Kick the Click. Does he need to sleep? No, Thrycreen don't sleep. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, hence the whole calling you guys weak for trying to sleep. Yeah. 
before I pass out, I'll let click no. Just uh, yeah, you watch, you watch our backs. Well, we weak ones rest up. And with that, he says, "They are part of our clan. They may rest." Okay, so with that, I mean, night passes pretty easily. The sounds of like hefty wings fluttering in the distance, the sounds of tons and tons of chittering squeaks, pops and whistles in the distance out the window is kind of soothing in its own weird way, almost kind of like whale song, like, you know, Ronnie was saying. But yeah, and after about five or six hours, which I'd say is enough for a long rest, uh, Kalamaza arrives again and he tells you that the elders are ready for council before they go to bed. And with that, um, is everybody going to prepare all their stuff? Uh, Let me double check my spells. What'd you say? Real quick, mm-hmm. I want to talk to sure. Anton. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Kalika, but I'll do Anton first. Uh, uh, you know, I the whole dark and stuff doesn't really have much for it. I, I didn't know if your uh, powers of the light would have any way to help kick the click with his leg. Is it still messed up? It was like, Yeah, I mean, he's well, got I a peg leg now. I'll take a look at his leg. Yeah, you don't have the magical capacities for this sort of thing. I mean, this reminds you of back when, you know, the high priest had to do that to help out your buddy there. But yeah, it's not the kind of magic that comes easily. And it's not the kind of thing I don't think, unless you have the spell for it. Do you have regeneration? I don't think I so, right? do not have regeneration. And that's the one to grow back limbs, right? I don't know what exactly there it's called. There might be a couple others that do it too, but I'm not sure. I don't normally play healers. I, that's I was going to say, I think the actual spell heal might do it if the limb is still present, I think. Yeah, heal, I think, does it if you have the limb. You can regenerate it to make a new one. Yeah. No. I think regenerate might just be a druid spell. Yeah, I was gonna say I think regenerate's not on no, cleric. Never mind bard, cleric, druid. Mm, bards get it. Cool. Hey, you guys want to see a trick? Sing a song so good, a fucking arm grows back so they can clap for you. It makes sense. No, I get it now. I've justified it. I'm tired of it already. So anyway, with that, the uh, party relieves kick the click of his duty on watch. As you're um, about to head out. I'm sorry, what? No, I thought we were, I thought you were going to relieve him of his life. I was like, that's really dark, yeah. Yeah, we just boot him off the edge into the bat swarm. And he just gets picked apart midair. Nothing oh. left by the time his peg leg hits the ground. Oh, Wurt's leg. <laughs> Guys, we need that for the secret level once we beat the campaign. And then uh, what I want to talk to Klika about is uh, I'll just lead over to Klika and whisper, hey, do you think I should do the axe trick for a gift with these guys too? Mm. Uh, it'll be funny. No, Klika doesn't think that's a great idea. No, but it's, it's, a, it's a fake gift. <laughs> But Jar's like, we don't need, we can just give them real gifts. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's cool too. All right, let's go, guys. Very good. 
So after that little meeting there, Kick the Click is relieved of his watchful duties, and he gives you a full explanation of what he saw, which includes a lot of bats walking around and flying around. That's about it. And so as Kalamaza leads you up a pathway into one of the higher sections here, you guys come to a point where there's a nice overhanging um, balcony that kind of looks over the entirety of the whole cavernous structure of Hikara. And so with that, um, you guys come in and sit down in a couple more of these little furry cup beds and a group of about seven or eight of these uh, bat people, the Desmodu, come in. And these ones all look like they have gray and white streaks in their fur, sometimes like a golden blonde. But like these ones look to be like, I don't know, elders of the clan just because their hair looks so much, you know, older and they look so much more, I don't want to say decrepit, but like, you know, they look wizened, I guess you could say. And Kalmaza sort of squeaks, pops and whistles at them and then looks back at you guys and says, uh, so uh, they got the horses and the cart and they uh he looks back squeaks a couple times one of them nods ahead and squeaks back and he says they are very happy this will help a lot with trading they are grateful we are grateful to help in any way we can the help and guidance of our people and that's when kalmaza does like kind of a, like a shifty lean back to them and is like so anyway, squeak, 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 pop, pop, squeak. And all of a sudden, all the elders look to him in like a very quick and dramatic way and start squeaking raucously at him as if very much so alarmed and angered. He holds up his hands defensively again for like the 18th time since he's met you. And he squeaks at, at them point, gently. At going to activate her ability to understand languages. Okay, so mid-pop, they say, they're going to chase that suicidal woman into that cavern. They will not live. And another one leans in and says, you fool. You brought them here thinking that they would be able to follow you. They would die. And so he leans back to you guys. Squeaks and pops. Looks and sees Kleeka looking with a bit more of like an expectant look as if following the conversation. Gives kind of a keen look with his like little beady eyes. And he says, as he looks at Kleeka pretty much specifically, he says, uh, I think we might have a little bit of trouble uh, securing our path to... Uh, Get out of here. Well, um, Klika and her friends have been through some pretty wild situations in the past. And we're not taking this course of action on a whim or anything like that. We are fully committed to seeing it through to the end and whatever that will be. Um, Klikon understands that it's probably pretty dangerous, but Chazelle is a very important person and Klikon and her friends, we have to talk to her. Did you say that in Desmodu or did you just say that in common? Probably Desmodu. All right, so I imagine everybody in the party looks a little bit like curious at first when you start squeaking and popping, but then they're like, oh, but she is weird. It's a clear And so thing. that the Desmodu look humbled by this as your ability to quite fluently speak their language. And they all kind of look at you with a brand new look and they say, Have you been amongst us before? No, Klika, Klika talked to some cave monsters one time and gave them rations. 
And now Klika can talk to everybody for a little bit every day. And they all just look very confused. Oh, no, Klika, Klika doesn't mean like cave monsters in like a Desmodu. bad way. Uh, I, Klika realizes that all of you live in a cave. It's just they, they had a lot of eyes and other things. And with that, I mean, they're not, you know, obviously they don't, they don't take the comment personally or anything like that. They don't treat it like an insult or anything. But with that, they, uh, they look a little bit moved by your ability to speak their language. And after a couple of nods, they say, why is she so important to you? She's a good woman. There's no question there. She's a wise woman. No question. She has been around us for many centuries, longer than many of us have been alive and in power. But why is she important now? Why did she go there, to the north? Klika's not sure why she's headed on her current path, but Klika can give two reasons why she's important. One personal and one that is the major goal of us seeking her out. The major goal being that the king of Ascabellum asked us to find her, and we need his aid. There's a great evil on the continent in the kingdom of Amaroth. And we believe that the king and his army may be the only ones currently capable of standing against it. A lot of Klika's friends and the friends and family of those she travels with are in a lot of danger right now. And so we seek out Chazelle to try and broker a peace between the Avian people and the ruler of Ascabellum. But personally, Klika believes that Chazelle may be a child of the immortals and Klika herself is one such child. And Klika doesn't understand a lot about herself and hope Chazelle can help her understand. And so, by the way, uh, Kalamaza is translating to the rest of the group now that he's kind of moved over to your side of the fence. He's trying to relay as much of what he can to the uh, rest of the party as he can. Um, but with that, the elders kind of, you know, look amongst each other before one of them responds again and says, we know not of your immortals, and we know not of any children of such, but... If this brokers peace and brings unity to people, community is all anyone ever has, as they all kind of look at one another and kind of nod. And as you guys look to see how much they all look the same, there are some subtle differences amongst them. And you can tell that there must be some recognizable differences amongst even them, you know. But the fact that when they look back at your party, there's no two like humans, there's no two dwarves, there's species from all over who have been accepted for all different ways of life. And with that, they say, if you are to broker peace, we believe your message will be a true one. At this point, you have our blessing, but you also have our firmest warning. Again, whatever her reason for traveling that path and going that way through the mountains, it is hard for us to tell. Nobody goes through that passage anymore, and nobody goes to that part of the wasteland. Do you know why she would go there? Does this have something to do with a purple worm or drow? 
No, I mean, because the point is, is these pathways to the tunnels are going to lead to other parts of the mountain and kind of poop out on the other side. So basically, like this is a giant subway network through the mountain. Whatever she hopes to find there must only be known to her. And no one we've come across yet understands the reason for her journey. Geographically speaking, uh, if anybody wants to roll either a history or a nature check, I guess I'd give it to those ones. Well, history. 16 history. 11 history. And we'll have to wait for Jarzak to come back for the nature. That's okay. I mean... You guys got enough to all have a pretty good idea of what's to the north. I mean, you guys know that the more fanatic side of the Avians are to the north. And Era's steading, sort of the the home of the children of Era, is there. Very well isolated from the rest of the Avians, but it's kind of disconnected by mountains. So it's a terribly difficult and treacherous path to get there. So the fact she took a breakneck speed to like cut through the mountain to get there shows one, she's in a hurry, shows two, she's heading to the fanatics for some reason, and three, I don't know. That's all I got. For nature. You know exactly what they do without a shadow of a doubt. You also know that crossing the mountain path like that would be a lot more difficult than traveling through the mountain. So she probably saved herself about two or three weeks of travel by going this way. Um, can you tell Klika about some of the dangers we might face? Kawamaza mentioned drow and a purple worm and myconids, but Klika and her party aren't wholly familiar with any of the three they kind of you know look down as they say this and they say drow have moved into the northern caverns this is true and if you are to travel that way you may come across some encampments of theirs i don't know if they are going to be on lookout for people traveling these passages they've moved in like any other pest would into a place that seems abandoned decrepit so i think you're likely to be safe from any intelligent dwellers, but many other creatures look for things like bats and riders traveling through these tunnels for food, and thus it may be more dangerous for things like that. But the purple worm, there are many of them that dwell in our mountains, and luckily we have done the best we can to prevent them from entering this area, but there's no telling that they're out there or not. We have felt slight rumblings, subtle earthquakes, and it's safe to say they must be in the north, but that guarantee is only worth so much. If you are quiet and leave no trace, I'm sure Purple Worm will not chase you, but it's hard to say. Many of them must be starving and chasing a flying meal like yourselves our bats don't go much faster than they do. Well, Klika just wants to say that she really likes how much you guys understand the importance of a Korbach. And she's thankful to have met you. 
And as you say, Korbach, one of the elders kind of chuckles to themselves and says, a small clan of goblin have lived in these parts many, many decades ago. Korbach is not a word unheard of to us. Goblin are good folk when they are treated as such. Treat anyone like a, like a foe and they will behave as such. Give them the decency and peace, empathy and sincerity of a friend and you will have just that. So we got to hug, kind of hug the drow. Got it. <laughs> That's how we lost Klika. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. And so with that, Telmazel looks pretty moved by everything that's happened here. And as they give their blessing and offer you guys all individual bats for the ride, Kalmaza says that he'd be willing to come along with you guys to lead you down the path and try to get you to your destination. But you can tell as he's joining this, this looks like he's going for his last ride. Like he's not signing up like, all right, I'll come with you. He's like, okay, let's do this, you know, but yeah, was there any packing or preparation the party needed to do? Is there anything that we should maybe get rid of that we don't need, like other than that we are ridding ourselves of the horse and the cart and the mule? I don't think there's I mean, anything. You guys don't, I don't think you guys are over encumbered or anything like that. I think you're all pretty well. But I will say the bats will not be able to handle the weight of Jarzak and Kleeka together. And it's just too small of a ride for any double. So you will both have to travel on your own. Oh and boy. so oh boy. that our That's party like... now has five individual riders on bats, including Norhill, Klika, Jarzak, Anton, and Kick the Click, who still hasn't really been sold on the idea of riding a bat. Um, and with Kalamaza in the rear. He yells uh, when it makes sharp banks and turns. <laughs> he yells? I do want to uh, kind of pull Kalamazo aside and just ask, um, do you have family here? And with that, he says, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I've got uh, a lot of friends and uh, some brothers and sisters and such, but uh, old Kalamazo spent more time scouting and riding than making a family. Do you, do you want to gather with them before we leave? And with that, he pulls his little goggles down, breathes on them, wipes them off on his furry arm, puts them back up on his head, and he says, nah, I'm good. Klika feels so, a deep, deep sadness. It gets on her bat. Yeah, tries to get on Jarzak's bat a couple times before getting pulled down and put on the ground and <laughs> just uh click no they said, they said we can't eyes his bat suspiciously and says if are you sure you'd not like to visit your family first we had, uh, we can certainly take the time to do so it's no trouble for us and it's important to the success of any operation to always remember what you're fighting for and with that, he looks over at Klika and he says, well, if it's for the community and I'm doing good to help everybody, I think I'm doing what I'm fighting for. My brothers and sisters will know how I died. All right, son. The and tunnel allows himself to get strapped in. The tunnels are family enough. I gotcha. <laughs> good old tunnel love. 
And so with that, the six bats individually fly out of the little hangar here before going down a main passageway following Kalmaza's bat. And as you guys are straddling in sort of a, a line here, um, it seems like you have a little bit of control over where you guys are headed. It's not a lot, and the bats start moving fast enough that any control you have with turning these things and directing them with like your body weight and shifting left and right and kind of like aiming down or up or whatever, it's gradual at best. And it's like difficult and fully bodily involved at, at, at worst. So it's like, it's not, it's not easy. It's not great, but it's kind of doable. Um, so as Kalamaza try, he hangs on and keeps his eyes shut. The bat crashes into the ceiling. No, I'm just kidding. But with that, the, uh, the bats following after Kalamaza, there's room for at least two of them in a line at this point. I don't know if you guys had any orientation you'd prefer, but yeah, Kalamaza just takes point. I imagine Anton's more near the back because he has the lantern. Okay. And uh, Kick the Click will be staying back there as well, guarding you, assuming you're the weakest because you slept <laughs> and use lanterns. <laughs> How oh, well yeah. do these bats see with the lantern on? Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. Norhill's well, is, I mean, uh, it's dim. Is, uh, I don't imagine it's like blazing. I imagine it's like a nice, comfortable dim. Sure. You can imagine it's that. But the bat, on the other hand, is blinded by the light and crashed in into the walls. And it's going to be. No, you can tell it's using echolocation far more than all the other bats. <laughs> the the bat you are on has been equipped with those little sunglasses just like Kalamaza had. Mm-hmm. So you're all set. Mine's riding with some style. Yeah, I like to think it looks like the squirtle glasses there with like Hell the yeah. batwing yeah. ones. And it's just blinding click uh, <laughs> bat behind you. <laughs> also, what what did you name your bat, Anton? <laughs> Sally. <laughs> Good old it's Sally silly. bat. For fuck's sake. All right. So with that, we got Sally and kick the click in the back. Kalmaz is in the front. Where are the rest of you three? Uh, no, Norhill's abdicating control. You, he can be wherever you want to put him. All right. Maybe Kalika and Jarzak make up a row, uh, second to last. Norhill's directly behind Kalmaza as if on a tandem line, and Kalmaz is leading the front. So with that, uh, Kalmaza drops immediately and the other bats all kind of follow suit giving you guys a rush to your guts as you droop and catch and as the, he takes a banking turn down a slight passageway the bats begin to kind of zipper together making enough room so that they can all squeeze through an entryway and start passing down a couple of narrow snaking paths and as this giant conga line snakes down these pathways and uh, you guys can hear the sounds of like echoings of drips, the sounds of pebbles moving under the winds of the wings, uh, you guys start passing through just a really, really scary tunnel. Um, but uh, could I get a perception check from, I suppose, just Norhill? He's going to be the only one to see this real nice and quick. Okay, crit. Norhill cracks an eye open and happens to see whatever it is. So as you guys are passing uh, through the snicking tunnel, it branches open quite, like, I don't know, expansively, enough that you guys could probably fit three by three if you wanted to. Um, And as you guys enter into this area and start kind of fluttering at a decent height, um, Kalamaza yells back to you guys, realizing he has to speak and not use his high-pitched squeaks and clicks. And he says, 
we're going to have to take a tight turn up here. Hold on tight. And as you guys do, bank the turn nice and hard, snake down another one. Uh, Norhill notices as you guys are about to bank it around the turn, something very peculiar dangling in front of one of the mouth entrance, like like uh, croppings, like one of the things that is stepping down. And you, as you look closely and see it, you recognize it's not exactly stone colored as it's a little bit more fleshy colored than that. And as your little peeping eye as you're about to take this banking turn, you recognize a group of these fleshy little things dangling from the ceiling uh, appear to be, I guess Norhill would probably know them as piercers, but they're basically living stalactites that just drop on things and try to pierce them with their ass. So naturally, as you guys are about to head into this cavern and Kalmaza goes rocking through first, the group of about 12 piercers fall and start to like spearhead down directly down and as norhill's bat darts quickly to the side everybody's bats dart quickly to the side all of the piercers miss and about six of them splatter on the ground with a meaty thunk dying immediately and the other half fall into a large pool of water which begins to echo raucously and the echoing sound reverberates through the chamber and kalmaza yells back out of hope and care for the rest of the party is everybody okay and the echoing of the okay seems to crescendo the splashing and splattering noise of the piercers and just lets out thunderous bangs of voices echoing down that large chamber. And as you guys seem to all be okay, filtering it in a straight line. Uh, I, I look back to see if start to fall there. from the ceiling. What? I look back to make sure Kick the Click is still there. Kick he the Click respond. is fully head turned behind him. He is looking back as Anton, and I guess Anton hears it too. Anton being the last one to exit that chamber, uh, pebbles start falling from the ceiling very delicately. And as they start to th- like thunk and plink down, eventually little bits of dust and dirt hitting people riding. Uh, Anton, you hear the sound of like something crash as the party, uh, as the last one of the party here, it goes through the little tunnel. And as it crashes, it sounds like an earthquake or like a thunderclap cracking through rock. And in the distance, you hear like a deep, trembling, rumbling, roaring sound as if behind a wall of stone. And the party takes a nice quick turn. Nobody seemed to yell back to Kalamaza, so it seems like everything's cool. I, and he takes I, a couple more. I mean, I was, just, I was waiting for a gap in the narration. These tunnels seem unsafe. Is everything all right? Look, out, yells out, look out above from here on. Kalamaza yells out and he says, we just have to be quick. It's not going to be safe no matter how you slice it. And the raucous sound clamors again. Anton being the last one through the tunnel, you hear a giant roaring sound as if coming from a gargantuan beast as it enters that back chamber, echoing down the tunnel as it reverberates all the way up to the front of the line and everybody looking forward at Kalmaza sees him just breakneck turn his head around. And as he does, he breakneck turns his head back and starts double-timing it as if he knows something that you are all going to be very well aware of very soon. And I know minor, but that doesn't up. sound like a cave-in. <laughs> and as his bat double speeds and Norhill's bat double takes, everybody's bat starts really gunning it that bellowing roar sound comes again, but a lot more clear as if coming in your general direction. And with that, <sighs> Anton, did you want to make a quick perception check? Yeah, I think I'm going to 
to see something purple and it's not going to be the case. It's Don't the drought. A little bit of your. You got. <laughs> is it? Is it? Oh, Did I got you? 19. What the hell do I see? Yeah. So, like, as you're taking a quick <clears throat> turn. Uh, with your lantern light, you can see in the dim light that extends like 90 feet back from it, uh, the occasional glimmer of something like glossy with a sheen like a chitinous shell or something like that. As you see what may be uh, part of a purple worm, as it seems to be kind of catching up to you at the very edge of the light. And because it's pitch black dark down here, your lantern light, you just see it barely like pierce through the veil of darkness directly behind you guys. And judging by the size of the scales as it seems to be piercing the darkness, this thing's mouth alone could single-handedly like one bite an entire horse if it wanted to. Easy. Like you could just down the tube. And so with that... Kalamaza comes flying up to a section uh, up ahead as everybody kind of filters in and catches up. The chamber widens out a little bit and it becomes more of a straightaway. And as you guys catch up to him and create more of like a two by three or three by three sort of cluster, Kalamaza yells that this is not the correct tunnel and something may have shifted when he went through here and he's going to do the best he can to direct you the way you have to go. And as you guys take a hard elbowing turn up ahead, uh, the last thing you guys see looking back is the purple worm, which is very clearly decided you guys are its next meal. And it is large enough to catch up to you guys. It is fast enough. It is large enough to just leap up and grab onto individuals like a frog chasing flies. And it's just gunning behind you. But as you take an elbowing turn here, before you can even really make like a firm decision of where he's going, uh, there's a fork in the road. And it splits into three different directions. Now, nobody has the time at this point to really make a firm decision over where they're going. So without anybody saying left, right, or center, not yet. What I want is at the count of three, I'm going to have everybody choose which path we're going to go down. Path number one with one finger is to the left. Center is two. And to the right is three. So put down your 10 fucking fingers. I don't want to see it. Click everybody. Stop. No. No. So, at this point, on the count of three, I'm going to see everybody's fingers, and I'm going to wish you all the best of luck. You ready? All right. One, two, three, go. <laughs> so, with that, uh, Jarzak <laughs> and Kick the Click go branching off to the right, whereas everybody else stays straight, whereas at the last second, uh, Kalamaza goes to the left. So let's see what happens here as Kalamaza splits from the group and goes flying down a different passageway <laughs> and everybody in the center. Let's see what everybody in the center is up to. Well, in the center, uh, you guys enter a large chamber that's more cylindrical than the other one was. And it's big enough that you guys can fit through kind of comfortably. Um, but from the walls, as you guys begin to go turboing into here, you see the occasional glimmer on the walls as if like dewdrops or gemstones or something. But as you guys begin to get a little bit closer and the sounds of whatever is tunneling behind you seems to be disturbing the small bats and bugs that are dangling from the ceiling and now flying around, cave moray eels begin snapping from the walls at 10 foot lengths and grabbing bats out of midair the size of boa constrictors just leaping out and chomping things so if you wouldn't mind all you cave two number of friends uh what's your armor classes um 20 but if norhill has a free hand he's going to 
like be brandishing his shield and taking the dodge action every round on his turn. You ain't got the, the ability on that one, man. You're hanging on for dear life. You don't got the time to dodge with the bat. Mm. 21. 21. What was the uh, Nor Hills armor class? 20. What was it? 20? 20. Okay. And what's Anton? 17? 16. All right. So with that, our friendly mores from the walls snap out at Klika. Klika's small enough and dirty enough that she manages to go up and over. One smacks out at Norhill and clamps onto his shield with a hard ding. Can Klika them, try something to draw more attention to her than anyone else? In the in the heat of the moment, as you guys are cruising at like 70 miles per hour through this little tunnel tube here? No. Okay. Not for this part, as they come snapping out of the walls faster than you can recognize it. Uh, but with Anton... Um, you get snapped by one of them right on the arm that's holding up your lantern and you take oh, a quick seven points of damage as it bites onto you and like rips all a chunk of skin out. Oh God. So now uh, he Jarzak needed that can... skin. He grabs at his arm and just tries to clutches and he just clutches like the lantern to his chest to make sure it doesn't get dropped. Sure. Like and the purple struggles. worm seems to be Purple Worm seems to be following you guys at this point as you hey. turn around and hear the gurgling, screeching noise behind you as the thing keeps very close behind you. Um, and then was, to the right path that would was... be my problem. Wait, wait, but now I have a I... feeling it's going to be something worse. Can I cast a fireball at it and try to slow it down? To like, turn your mad. entire torso around? You guys are in those fixed little saddles, man. You face forward. You can like turn your head. The best you can do is like, aim your finger over your shoulder. But can I do yeah, it? if you want to try to piss it off, go ahead. But we'll do that after Jarzak and our friend uh, Kick the Click deal with theirs. Uh, as yeah. Kick the Click and Jarzak go peering out their little hole here, you recognize Kick the Click is right behind you, and he turbos up beside you as if something I, about him and this bat, they have a relationship that apparently we didn't know about, but he has like full reign control and skitters up beside you. And as you guys poop into this little area here, it is a grove of colorful mushrooms, and occasionally you see a myconid kind of moving left to right or like stomping around like mushroom trayons down here. Well, as, too bad you never fucking what, told us what those were, and even though I asked <laughs> three to twice. I gave you the information on the two of them, and you never asked about the third one. I did ask about myconids. You said those were your three questions. We got the two of them. We made a joke, and we never went back to it. I even asked the council of elders. No, you didn't. So anyway, I did. Yes, he did. Um, I, when I see it's just me and click here, I'm just gonna squeeze my gauntlet to activate the so I can actually speak with him if I need to. Okay, I'll give it to you. Yep. Yeah. Just I look. I'm like, oh shit. I gotta You're be able to talk. <laughs> I was gonna say the expanse through this tunnel is like a football field. It is wide. It is deep. But as you get closer and closer in here, the sickly sweet smell of all the funguses kind of drift up towards you. And what I need from you is a constitution saving throw as you yeah, start to I was inhale. Gonna, I was going to say, I, I wanted to say, don't breathe <laughs> immediately, but yeah. And I don't breathe. I guess you're okay. Let's see if kick the click is. Does he need oh, to shit, breathe? He, he doesn't need to sleep. Oh, perfect. He doesn't, he doesn't need, need to sleep, to but... <laughs> But he got a crit anyway, so he's just, you say no breathe. And he's like, breathing is for the weak. So he stops, <laughs> he stops breathing. Well, on the uh, other side, he's just notice. unconscious on the bat. 
You're just flapping in the wind. It's probably for the best. The bats know what's best. And so with that, Kalmaza, uh, yeah, he drifts off in his own pathway. We don't know whatever happened to him. Uh, now, path number, uh, the center path here with you guys starts branching hard to the left before reaching into the next chamber. Um, so Kalika, Anton, Norhill, if you wanted to, you have the time to prepare an action or to conduct an action as it's like kind of in between on a turn. You have a moment to collect yourselves real quick. In case anything else wants a piece of me. Okay, very good. Was Kalika going to do something? Uh, Let's see. Was Anton going to prepare a fireball? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save that. I was just I'm gonna do a scorching ray, like either at the ground or the wall, some way to possibly impede its path. do you mean like shoot the walls as in like to knock something loose or do you mean yeah because i don't know if i could shoot at it if it's directly behind me but i'm like because i can't literally turn around <laughs> i mean it is coming through like you know like a tank through a bunch of like boulders like it's knocking shit aside so i mean maybe something could fall and hurt it but it's looking like it's already going through pain to get to you and it's not slowing down there's no possible way i can aim at it no, you definitely could. I'm saying now that you've got a moment for an action where you can like kind of prepare yourself rather than trying to dodge more eels on the walls, you have the ability now to kind of reach over shoulder, prepare something for when you do see it. I'm going to prepare Scorching Ray second level. You're going to prepare what? Scorching Ray second level. Okay. And then let's see. Clico, was there something you were going to do? Yeah, so it seems to be going out by sound, so Kleeka's going to use prestidigitation uh, I guess as many times as you'll allow. I can have it going up to three times simultaneously. But she's going to use prestidigitation towards like the edges of the walls to make like faint, like it says uh, faint musical notes. I'd like to make just sort of like a repetitious metronome kind of sound, just like tick, talk, Tick talk over and over again on the walls, something that might like simulate a creature moving. And okay. she'll do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like she'll try and guide her bat so that like one's on the edge of the wall, one's on the top, and one's on the other edge. Okay. All right, fair enough. So as you start casting that, Anton prepares the scorching ray. Norhill starts dodging from targets that aren't there yet. Uh, Jarzak, uh, you and Kick the Click, uh, this football field is like very long. So holding your breath this whole way, which apparently comes very naturally to you having that fancy rock. But as you guys, yeah, continue that, look how that worked out, huh? <laughs> Jarzak's like, wow, this is a breeze. Meanwhile, Klinka, Norhill, and Anton have been eaten by the worm. He's <laughs> just like, oh no, the why quest. Didn't they, why didn't everyone come this way? I don't understand. Kick the click, just hanging unconsciously from depriving himself of breath. Um, but as you guys bang around the corner, uh, not Jarzak, but uh, the, our center people, Kalmaza peeps out of his corner too and like nearly slams into you guys, looking back at you guys with a look of fear and terror. And he says, watch out! And he points forward and you guys see stalactites and stalagmites that are just like woven together like a jigsaw puzzle as if the spaces in between are going to be near impossible to fit through. So what I'm going to say is pick an ability score, tell me how you're going to make it work and go ahead and roll your saving throw. I choose charisma. 
Go ahead, roll your charisma. <laughs> I'm, I'm not there. Use strength and take the hammer side of his hook hammer to smash his way through. Okay, good luck. I guess you're going to try to like hold it in front of you and just try to like direct the stone to the side. All right, go ahead, roll your saving throw. I guess we'll count it as a check, not a saving throw. Uh, it's like just a oh, snow plow. I should have cast bless. Sorry. No, you know what? In your case, I, I will do it as saving throws because I know that's going to dock you a couple points. I just thought about yeah, it. Yeah, no, because I got a 10. I, I got a 10 uh, with it being a saving throw. So. Well, we'll deal with that well, in a second. Athletics check, maybe? Would that bump it up at all? It's the yeah, same. Yeah. It's the same number. It's a plus seven. I rolled a three on the die. <laughs> making it making it a different bonus isn't going to help a whole lot. So I mean, okay. So we know. So we know uh, where your your uh, grave is uh, now. What is a uh, Anton? You didn't get to cast your spell yet. And as you're about to trudge into this chamber with the stalactites and stalagmites, go ahead and roll your attacks for the scorching rays as the purple worm rears its gigantic subway train of an ugly face around the corner and starts heading down after you guys. Okay, I'm gonna try this because I haven't done it through. Um... Oh, uh oh. Always good things to hear. Oh, uh oh. One second. I'm trying this through roll 20 and it's a little bit. All right. Whatever what using. was Klika going to do for a save? The Klika Dimension Door pass the stalactites and everything uh, with her bat. I was going to say, what was the cast time on it? Is it just an action? It's an action, yeah. And you can take what one creature with you. So. Yeah. <laughs> If you forego your ghostly sounds there, the little metronome clicks, I'll let you do it for freezies. Uh, no. Clicko wants those metronome sounds. So uh, I guess it'll be a dexterity. Okay. To try and just sort of... Just weave through it? Yeah. Okay. That's going to be a saving throw? Mm-hmm. It's an 11, 4 plus 7. Oh, boy. So I got one more than Norhill. And what did Anton get on his attacks? Not working. One second. Oh, no, you're still doing it. And then we got to do your saving throw. I got a 16, a 22, and 15. Okay, so only the 22 manages to wound it as you shoot into its open mouth with rows of teeth that are as tall as Kliga. Okay. Got four points of damage. Nice. <laughs> Very well. So you piss it off as you shoot in the back of the throat and it gags real quick. Just... <laughs> Very good. Um... Something spicy, I hope yeah, right. A single chili flake. Just... Um, okay, so now what saving throw are you going to use? I was going to use wisdom. Okay, <laughs> so we'll just say using your keen perception, you try to see like with the depth of the individual stalactites and stalagmites, you're going to try to weave through what looks like the best path. I got a 14. Okay, so with that, uh, everybody manages to get scraped or cut in some way by the stalactites not terribly so as you guys didn't 
fail on it. It's just swinging the hammer side seems to shudder your, your wrist pretty hard. Kalika manages to fit through, but scrapes the bat's wing and herself a little bit. Anton apparently didn't gauge it perfectly for the uh, height of the stones, but uh, let's see. Norhill, you take three points of piercing damage. Uh, does that count for my... Mm, sure does. No? Yeah, no, it counts, so you, you block it. Sweet. <laughs> Kalika takes two points, and Anton takes... Five, ironically. Click goes down. Did this poor man just hit his head against the ceiling? Yeah, he just bangs his head on the roof. Okay. Donk. And so uh, now, uh, let's see. Next. Uh, <laughs> very good. With that, once you guys get to uh, another turn up ahead, it forks into two directions. So our center crew, now with Kalmaz included, are you going to be going down path number one to the left or path number two to the right? So as we bang around a corner, lightning quick, three, two, one, go. <laughs> Anthony's finding his camera. <laughs> and so with that, Kalmaza and Anton go to the left. Uh, <laughs> two won't let me down at some point. Very good. So with that, um, as oh god, so Anton, oh no, so Anton <laughs> and uh, Anton and Kalmaza go whiffing around a corner real quick, and you almost bang your heads on a couple of mushroom stalks that have been sort of lurched up like two by fours. And as you dart down quickly, you have just entered what appears to be an encampment of ogres who are all just like doing daily tasks. Like you just crash into like a little mushroom. What up? And ogres are just there like eating food and hanging out. And you come careening into here and they start yelling and howling. And they seem to be like grabbing weapons and spears. And about three of them are able to grab spears and chuck them after you guys as you enter this chamber here, howling war cries as they do. So is the that, worm still there? Is what? Is the worm still there? Oh, that's the funny part now, isn't it? So with that, <laughs> uh, two of them go flying at Kalmaza. One of them catches him and wounds him. And one of the spears hits you and wounds you. So you take uh, 10 points of damage and Kalamaza seems to get wounded, but not terribly so as it pikes into his arm and he just chucks it back at him. And with that, the purple worm comes careening after you guys. So as these ogres are getting... Hold on, my cantrip didn't do anything? Boy, it sees you. I know. You're like, it's followed by sound. It has eyes? eyes? It sure (laughs) does. It's the creepiest thing, because when you see the eyes, they're like two little pebbles on it. It's the but fucking orc eyes. Where you're like, it's that big mouth. white spot. No, but it's, it's not. Bullworm, man. That's what it's like. And so, so with that, the the purple worm comes crashing through here as it hears the ogres yelling, hooting, and hollering. And you see about six of them get slurped into its mouth, just like picking them up as it goes, like a Hoover vacuum. And about five or six of the other ones just get run over and smushed as this thing is just chasing after you. Kalmaz is not turning around. I don't think you want to turn around either. But yeah, so you just travel no, through the rest Anton, of the camp with Anton like... Anton needs little... to do a cure wounds on himself. He's not... He, he's, he's getting like beat up like... A... I mean, I'll say this much. It's uh, looking like you actually... Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, you'll have the time to do that in just one second. In the meantime, I'll okay. take care of what's going on with our other folks here. Uh, so, yeah, with you guys uh, who took the right-hand path, 
Jar you enter and <laughs> kick the click have been out for a bit. Well, that's the funniest part is you guys just lost them. Now it's just Noriel and Klinka. But as you guys enter this next chamber, it is a wide open expanse with no like clutter, no rocks, no anything. There's a small pond in the middle of it as you pass by, but it's quiet. And you hear the sounds of the purple worm tunneling in the other direction, chasing after your two friends who just I left. Let him know immediately when we get through. You can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and then uh, as, after this point, uh, Klika and Norhill, you guys have an action to spend if you'd like to, because you've got a free moment in this tunnel. Klika's going to look over at Norhill and say, um, no matter what happens, we're just going to take the leftmost path next time. If we meet up with the others, let them know. I swear I'm never going to fly again. Well, Jar's it, It's not that bad if you have some rabbit blood beforehand, I promise. <laughs> it's actually kind of fun. Klinga pulls out a fucking water skin of rabbit blood and chugs half of it, throws it over to Norhill. Oh my god. Jesus. So here's where things are going to get a little bit... desert changes you. <laughs> this is where things are going to get a little dicey after you poof through the myconid uh, forest here Jarzak and Kick the Click enter another one of these kind of vacant caverns passing through over a small pond and you see a trickling river down below a few barrels and casks seem to be tipped over sideways broken crates and whatnot as well as a couple of skeletons laying about not you know animated skeletons but just dead bodies but there's a moment for you and Kick the Click to talk or whatever you have an action I think I think we're all set. You Me guys are so bad. All right. Kick, so kick uh, the click. If, if we split breathing. again, we're always going the same direction, right? Well, that kick the click says the clan stays together. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, apart from that, uh, now uh, let's see. Uh, our friend here, Kalamaza and Anton, you guys cross over a large river in your path. And it seems to be another safe passage as well. And you guys have a breathing moment for you to do an action if you'd like to. So you can do that cure light wound spell if you'd like to. Yeah. There's no such thing as cure light wounds. Oh, yeah, right. Cure wounds. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Glad to hear it. So with that, uh, now, um, uh, let's see. Norhill and Klika at the end of your passage, it seems to veer to the right. There's no other passages here. But... Jarzak and Kick the Click, you guys have a fork up ahead leaning to the left and to the right. So Kick the Click's going to do whatever he can to stay behind you. So he's already kind of floating a little bit behind you as is. So would you like the left or the right right. as it comes up? To the right? Oh, God. I'm sure it's a good decision. You are taking the easiest route. I am assured of it. This is absolutely silly. It's a gigantic long expanse. You can see like a mile ahead. It is just clear and empty. There's some there's some like fluorescent, you know, bioluminescent funguses hanging from the ceiling, some moss, some berries and stuff dangling. Totally vacant. It is just clean through here. Like you could have walked and it would be fine. <laughs> and so with that, uh, instead, our our friends here, uh, Jarzak, uh, sorry, uh, Klika in Norhill. This is like an like an exciting game of me just naming names and having to remember where you are. You two, Norhill and Klika, pop out into another dense setup of stalactites and stalagmites. So why don't we pick another saving throw and hope for the best? Guys, I don't know about you, but I'm having a great time. 
Yeah, Norhill's gonna get behind his shield and constitution his way through. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Just <laughs> Yeah. Cook is like, hey, it can't hurt, right? And she's gonna do the same thing. <laughs> Alright, roll your con saves, guys. Soft 20. 15. Nice. Nice. So both of you two uh, brace yourselves against the stalactites. And as you two kind of hang close together, you manage to crack one of them. It was very thin, apparently. And both of you just shatter through it as if it was just like very, very thin and very, uh, how do I say it? Delicate limestone, if ever there was a thing. And as you crash through it unscathed, you continue on your path. Uh, unfortunately for, <laughs> for Anton and Kalmaza, as you guys get up to a small clearing up ahead that looks similar to the ogre camp you guys had gone through before, can I get a perception check uh, real quick, Anton? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I got a six. Six. Kalmaza uh, points down below and he says, these ones are already dead. And as you peer down and look down at the dead ones down there, the ogres that are all kind of lined up in piles and dead, uh, they have thin blood red lacerations on them and tons of darts attached to their faces, their limbs, their backs, their chests, necks. The darts, however, look too big to be like a thrown dart and look too small to be a crossbow dart. But needless to say, it looks like whoever did these ogres in did a very clean and like meticulous job. So you guys just go cruising through here past a little battlefield of dead ogres when you see a couple of dark-skinned lithe figures seem to be looking over some of the dead bodies. And as they look up at you guys flying through super quietly... <laughs> The purple worm comes careening in behind you guys. <laughs> and you see these two dark figures immediately jump to the walls and try to scrabble to climb up. But unfortunately, they do not climb well enough and fall to the ground with a splat as the worm comes through, not even eating either of them and running them over as you continue on your path. You know, if it just ate half the things it ran over, it'd be full and stop chasing us. They're a little you know, with like an intelligence of, of a one, it's not really thinking about that. It's Did not it get any poison here. from the ogre bodies it may have eaten? How much knockout poison does it take to kill a purple? <laughs> I'm literally just picturing the SpongeBob with SpongeBob and Sandy running away from the Alaskan Boar. I'm like, this is this. I mean, that's basically it. Uh, but at the end of your passage, uh, Klika, Norhill, um, Anton, and Kalmaza all come careening back close together again. And with that, Kalmaza yells out to you and says, Whatever happens, everybody go right. No, we said left earlier. And he says, what? <laughs> and with that, he goes flying to the right at the fork up ahead. Are you going to the left or to the right? Do we see that? Do we have time to process everything he said? I'm just no, go he just right. yelled it out. And as he says, what? He's already going to the right. Uh, which way did we turn the last time we turned? Left. Yeah. Well, it doesn't no, you guys matter turned right. Guys. Oh, no, yeah, you veered to the left. Goes. Yeah, so I mean, as we come out of the last chamber into this one, uh, which way did we turn? 
Um, I think left. Yeah, because I'm just trying to get an idea of where Norhill's momentum is, because that's where he's gonna go since he's barely controlled with that. Oh, uh, no, you guys went right. Okay, so yeah, Norhill's going right. Well, you guys went right, and then the path veered to the left. That's where I got confused. So if you want, you can keep going left, and that'll make sense. Plus, Cleek already said go left, right? Yeah. So yeah, if Norhill's momentum Who's is taking him left, then he's going third. What? There's no third direction, you lump. Is Anton going to be following Kalmaza to the right or going to the left? Yeah, it was the right. Click is going left because <laughs> that's what she said. All right, no so, what. all right, so Norhill and Klika go left, and Kalamaza and Anton go right, and I you guys the, literally ma- cross I imagine, past each yeah. other. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we Jarzak, each other. What as we pass? <laughs> Jarzak, you and uh, kick the click have your own fork in the road, left and right. Which way are you leading? To the right. It's never let us down. Very good. So I'll tell you what, we'll do Jarzak first on this one because I figure you're my maybe gonna die. Uh oh, there is no. a as you left. come <laughs> as you go flying to the right, uh you realize your vision up ahead gets a little bit obscured. And as you start to kind of look through the like foggy mist here, you realize that the foggy mist up ahead is actually just long dangling sinuous cobwebs, and up ahead is probably the largest sack like cobweb you've seen in quite some time. So what would you like to do as you are given one action to deal with this? Don't forget, you can speak I will... to insects right now. Yep. I... Those aren't insects. Fuck! Damn it, it's a <laughs> He's like, did I... you just call me an insect? I pull out my axe <laughs> and I use green flame blade and toss <clears throat> it into the webs. Fucking sick. Yeah, I'll just give it to you on that one. So yeah, you just go tomahawking it directly at the thing, and it just as it lights up and spreads to the side, a gigantic black spider comes like climbing down, sensing you dangling on the other ones, and as the the whole like cobweb starts to burn up towards it, it falls to the ground with a thud, a hefty thud, and you guys go cruising right in past it. Kick the click, mutters something about eating the body, saying it smelled good, but... Uh, neither here nor there we'll get one later not today so spider now, our friends Klika Norhill who veered to the left um, as you guys go flying through here you recognize that that river that you had seen before you see probably a second river uh, branching off of that main one and before you is a giant canyon expanse and it kind of goes flying down underneath you like it just goes deep 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 underneath you and it looks like the kind of thing that perhaps the purple worm could dive into and get caught. So, um, why, why are you holding up a lantern? What do you, what give do you, Anton you... the real effect? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm role playing <laughs> Anton right now. So, <laughs> let's see if uh, the purple worm decided to follow after you guys or after Anton and Kalmaza. So, is there anything <laughs> I can do to? push us in our favor. Should I give him more pepper flakes? Wait, give more what? Pepper flakes? No, don't don't shoot more, yeah, more stuff. So as Anton and Kalmaza go flying by, Kalmaza like rears his head and he says, why didn't they follow us? And you see a single dart go flying up and nail him in the neck. And as he like sits there kind of grabbing at his neck like very slow handedly, 
as you're like trying to careen through the stalactites and the stalagmites, as you weave back and forth, Anton, you notice very quickly that passing like the third stalactite, Kalmaza is down. His face is just buried in the bat's head and he is just slumped forward on this thing, barely hanging on at all with his saddle being the only thing keeping him there. And you look down below as you see him slumped over and you see just dozens of those dark-skinned elf guys just running about and preparing crossbows and weapons and start like looking up at you guys and aiming, seeming to be both alarmed at whatever noise has been following you guys in this general direction and aiming up at you guys, trying to delete whatever threat may be coming down their way. So I'm going to cast uh, shield of faith on myself, if that's okay. What is that, a reaction? Hold on, hold that's on. That's a hold bonus on. action. Now, what I'm going to say is, Klika and Norhill, you have an action if you'd like to do something with that cavern. Anton also has an action, or a bonus action, I suppose. So what would Klika and Norhill like to do? Can Klika hit something with booming? Can Klika hit herself with booming blade to make a big boom? Yeah. Does booming blade? Didn't we find out booming blade doesn't actually make a thunderous noise, and because it's an implosion, it doesn't make a noise? Yeah, I was hoping you would forget. Yeah. You um, dick. I <laughs> just for that, can pick up on the idea of what Klika was trying to do with like the metronome sound. And now seeing that there's a point where the worm can be trapped, he's going to, like, clash his uh, weapon and shield together to try to make a clamorous noise and make it echo off the walls to make it even more. Right. And Klika will do the same with her uh, dagger against her shield. All right, give me a strength a check. 22 strength check. Damn. Breaks his Take arm. damage. <laughs> Three. It's magical damage, so it doesn't even like get get reduced by my armor. Very good. And how much was that for Klika? Three. Oh, good. So with that, after making bangs and clangs and loud noises like that, uh, Anton notices behind him as he's preparing to do whatever he can to help Kalmaza. The purple worm is no longer following you, and the echoes of its like tunneling terror seems to have gone down the other path behind Norhill and Klika. And so at this point, uh, yeah, the other terror you have is whatever the hell's going on beneath you. So you said you were going to use Shield of Faith? Yeah, I was going to use it on myself. <laughs> Kalmaza's okay. So yeah, I, there's no is... use. I'm, I'm useless if I'm down. Okay. So, so with that, um, here we go. So Shield of Faith gives you how much AC? Uh, Plus three? Due to my AC, so I'm at 18. 19. Weren't you 17? 18. No, 16. Oh, well, look at that. Um, so with that, those dark-skinned elves down below start firing crossbows up at you. And with your newly enhanced AC, you block all of them. However, you feel your bat begin to droop a little bit as the wings stop flapping as intensely as like six seconds pass. All of a sudden you realize your bat is diving a little bit and Kalmaza's bat is the only one left sitting there. So what would you like to do as your bat now... Oh, actually, oh, that's kind of funny. Never mind. I take it back. Looks like your bat's going down, but we'll hold off on that one. Until next time, everybody.
Um, so after the canyon, uh, yeah, you guys traveling down this way. I want to make sure I got that right. The purple worm comes careening after you guys. And as it starts to like dive off into the canyon, you notice that thing like tries to lift itself up, but just like beefs its head into the, into the ground beneath it. And you hear like a hard crunching noise as it seems to be like trying to like chew its way back up into there. But it buys you at least like a, a, like a 10, 20 second span of time as it like has to catch itself and climb back up. Like a screams so, outplayed nerd. A second purple worm comes flying out of the sea. <laughs> and so the, I no, deserve this. And, and, and that was the end of Klika, Child of Destiny, and Norhill, Lord of the Halls. Very good. Outplayed so, nerd. Anton, my question for you as we see a split in the path ahead to continue either straight or veer to the left. Which way would you like to go as Kalamaza's uh, bat seems to be going of its own volition at this point and Kalamaza is not getting up and your bat seems to be going down? What would you like to do? I have a feeling going to the left is a thing. I don't think I have any hope for helping Kalamaza at this point. What Anton's hoping is he can start unstrapping himself so if the thing goes down, he can kind of try to jump in. Not like... You could heal the bat. I don't know if I can. I mean, would, I would that say, theoretically work in this case? Because this counts as a poison. So, I mean, it's it's poisoned. Is there a spell you have that could remove that? Uh, one second. I have a lot of spells. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Spell. I'll tell you what. If you can roll a sweet medicine check real quick and you are going to go straight instead of turning, I'll let you have it. But if you want to turn, you won't be able to heal the, the bat. And yeah, it looks like Kalamaza's bat is for some reason veering to the left. So your choice is go alone, save your bat and hope for the best, or follow Kalamaza's bat. And I, I, have I guess ride a surfboard. Poison, not, not heal from poison. Right. I'm, I'm saying you can do a medicine check instead. I'll do a medicine check, but I'd rather veer to the left and keep up with him. If you veer to the left, you will crash land with your bat. But at least you'll know where Kalamaza went. I don't want him to die. You're going to go alone and cast your medicine? Uh, Yeah, as the purple worm. You have lesser restoration? Wouldn't that get rid of the poison? I don't think I have that prepared, though. You know, we kind of. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm trying to think of how clerics prepare spells, but yeah. Isn't it like... All right, so... All all prep casters prepare the exact same way. I don't even have a... So would you like to uh, do your medicine check? Yeah. Okey-dokey. I got a 22. So yeah, you pluck the darts out from underneath it very easily and squeeze the place where it was like a big old zit and as like the juicy Icarus blood comes oozing out the bat kind of seems to start catching and you start to rub where the wound was to kind of help stimulate it get the blood flowing and get it back to its uh, position where it was before and it continues to fly but now down a pathway that uh, you are not sure where you're headed 
But as you look up... You could oh. bonus action healing word Kalamaza. But the healing, the heal effect won't won't wake him up, will it? I mean, like, it, de- it depends, like, if he's unconscious from hit points or just unconscious from poison. It's just poison. Okay. Yeah, these little darts are, are not anything big. I mean, I have your word prepared. I could try it. Yeah, but it wouldn't, not with this, especially after checking the poison on the darts that you just pulled out of this guy. Right. But yeah, and so Not as you prayer healing, no, that, that that won't even work. That takes 10 minutes to cast. Never mind. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't even prepare this, but here we go anyway. Uh, Kalmaza goes flying, uh, unconsciously down the path over near Norhill and Kalika and catches up to you guys. Uh, you just see Kalmaza with a dart in his neck and he's just leaning face first, and this bat is doing the best it can to keep you to keep him up. And the path ahead of you looks pretty normal. But could I get a quick perception check? Sure. Why not? Yeah, I got a six. I got a six, too. You guys are looking at Kalmaza like, what the hell's wrong with him? Oh, he's not. And now, what's our armor classes again? 20 and 22? 21. 21. Uh, so with that, uh, Norhill, you're safe as you see something big and green go flying past your head as you go darting through here, and you're like, what the fuck was that? And Kalika... Can I uh, shield? I would say you wouldn't have the time for this, especially because you guys did not pass on the perception check. Mm. But instead, a thick globule of slime drips from the ceiling, and you think it may be like an actual sentient slime trying to, like, melt you and eat you as it's just like slowly dangling down seeing you coming and you get hit in the face with a nice sloppy slimy globule for eight points of acid damage can i absorb elements that yeah i suppose so that's a reaction right yeah yeah so as it hits you you're like ah it just All goes right. away kalmaza on the other hand gets a nice burning globule on his back and it seems to singe his skin and leaves behind a nice bald patch on his back where he has a tattoo that reads mom um but <laughs> apart from that uh yeah anton Should have said uh, uh let's see here oh yeah what did we find out you guys went through the cow the through the spider webs okay so at this point um uh jarzak you and kick the click have another fork in the road where you can either go to the left or go to the right to the right. God damn it. You could have caught I want to see the map of this place once we're done. It's not great. It's pretty awful. <laughs> so uh it's as Jarzak invested can kick the like click, a Pokemon cave. It's it's a lot shittier than that. When I tell you I use dry erase markers on the back of something I was working on at work, uh I mean it. So with that, as Jarzak can kick the click, go flying up and over a stony ridge and go dipping down underneath uh, a low-hanging sort of ceiling here, you guys see before you a small encampment of grizzly bears. And amongst these grizzlies, you can see a or at least cave bears. I mean they're you know gray and, Wait, and bears shaggy. Have camps? There's stone giants who seem to be blending in very well with the stones around you. And as they see you come flying in, a couple of them begin to clap and point at you and wave. Hmm. Uh, how, how far away are they? And are they spread out? They're about 60 feet up ahead of you and in small encampments, like small little clusters. I will cast darkness on top of them. 
<laughs> like, so like, hey, bat critter, and you're just like, just it. they're like, oh, it's the drow again. You don't well, see anything. anything. <laughs> you just whiff them with darkness. Who would have thought you'd have more in common with the drow? Well, you're on the insect side, and they're on the arachnid side of this. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, you whiff darkness <laughs> over these the poor... insect versus arachnid debate. Yeah. So with that, yeah, you whiff them with darkness, and you hear deep bellowing yells from giants that start running around in the darkness smacking into walls falling Poor down the occasional, grizzly, the, the occasional <laughs> cave bear growling heartily as you guys pass through Oh, the click understands none of it but not that you care that much about that part of it uh, and Anton I'm going to go back to you but I wanted to give you a little bit of breathing room before I say you can see up ahead that there is uh, what could only be described as another drow encampment. It, this one looks a little bit more fortified, and it seems like there's more of them. So, recognizing this structure, what would you like to do? You'll have one action to prepare yourself. I have a question. How much would we actually know about drow? Not much at all, but Anton's taking a quite literal crash course as he's... Like, Enough to know that whenever you cast darkness in an area... Things that live underground scream, it's the drow. So, because that happened, <laughs> has happened twice now. Once with the Drogar and once with these just, giants. I, I wouldn't know if Anton or any of us would know if they're, like, sensitive to light or anything. I assume because uh, they live I... in the cave, we would know, but... Yeah, I mean, you guys would know that. You'd have a pretty good idea of that sort of thing, just after having dealt with the Drogar. Can I get an idea of, like, how big this camp is? Like, will it take me long to get around it or no? I mean, no, it's more of like a blister. Like, it's a large circular encampment, and they seem to be, like, having built homes out of, like, mushroom stalks and, and out of, like, small existing stone structures that they've kind of, like, built around. But, yeah, so it seems like there's got to be at least 15 to 20 of them, like, populating this location for right now. Um, technically, Radiance of the Dawn wouldn't work here because that wouldn't be dispelling darkness, right? No, I mean, there's no magical darkness on you, but you could use the daylight on your lantern like Jarzak was kind of hinting at, and that would be yeah, enough to I was essentially like blind all of blind them. them. Just to blind them. Okay. Okay, do you say any holy words before you blind them with the uh, the power of your lord? Um, no, I think he's just, he's just trying to get out of there. I think he's just focusing on, I need to find the light. <laughs> Fair enough. So you hold up your lantern in a burst of holy radiance erupts and you hear tons of people start screaming and yelling as their eyes blister and burn (laughs) the way they haven't in a long, long time. Uh, Yeah. And so you're able to travel through this camp pretty well unaffected by anything. Were they also running into walls? Also scream, suck it, nerd. (laughs) Everybody's just screaming, suck it, nerd. Very good. I'm so glad we uh, got to share in this together. Uh, but now, as uh, Anton, Kalmaza, Klika, and Norhill uh, converge one last time as your paths seem to join up, you guys can hear the sound of the purple worm in the distance rumbling and trying to catch up as fast as it can. I Meaning, if you guys were to stop, it's probably going to catch you. But for right now, you may be in the clear. And as you all meet up one last time, wiping sweat from your brows, you see ahead of you within about a hundred foot stretch, a large encampment of drow who have seemingly blocked off 
the exit here with a large wall of mushroom stalks. There are barrels and other kinds of fortifications that have been stacked up against this wall. Not in preparation for you, but now you guys are coming from the opposite direction. I guess a wall works both ways, right? So the drow in this camp look up at you guys and start yelling and pulling out crossbows. Uh, this wall, you will not be able to get through it unless you knock it down or something. But for what it's worth, it's it's covered in casks, barrels. There's tons of woodwork all over the place. But this thing is very well fortified. And it fireball. looks like this is a bit of a dead end for your party. <laughs> this is definitely a fireball moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it a fireball moment? Unless anyone else wants to do anything else, Anton's gonna fireball on the wall. If there's anything that I can do from the air to try to stop any of this fortification. I mean, there's stuff Cleek can do, but she really wants to see how this fireball plays out first. And it goes, yeah, it completely blocks the tunnel, the top to bottom. Sure does. Is there any sign of like you know, a drawbridge control or anything? No, it looks like there must be like a doorway fixed into it, but it's one of those doors that blends in with the actual wall itself. And it's not stone, so I can't try a stone cutting to spot the door. Can I just try to make a check to spot the door? Yeah, again, the door is going to be fit so that a single person can go through it. It's not going to be the kind of thing that you guys can like swing through it. The wingspan on the bats alone is too wide. All right, then, let's just see how the fireball goes. Uh, otherwise, it might be time to land and fight the drow. Yeah, can you imagine? Since I'm firing at a wall, does the dex, does the dex save in no, 14 it, no, no, no. Like but my question is move up next to uh, Kalamaza and prepare to dimension door us past or up to the wall, but not so we smash into it with our bats. Okay, I'll, I'll take that to the most vague and helpful way I can. So with that, uh, Anton, was there any particular target you wanted to aim for? There's barrels, uh, casks that seem to be corked and covered. There's just the mushroom stock wall itself. There's an encampment of drow that seemed to be like kind of in a cluster aiming at you. Was there any particular target you had? I wanted to get the strongest base point of it. I'm imagining that's the stocks, but it could be wrong. Okay. The strongest base so point as you of just aim for sort of like a clean center on the top half. So you guys have to get the closest to the ceiling, the farthest from the drow, and in the most open space in the middle of it, you lob your fireball down there with a word of holy might, and as it crashes into this wall, it seems to be hot enough to burst the casks. So could I get a dexterity saving throw from everybody in this chamber as the explosion from whatever was in those casks seems to erupt back at you as you're about to go forward? It was 26 damage on the fireball, by the way. You said, don't worry. Dex save? I and I got an 18 on oh, dex. Oh, good. I got a 10 on my dex save. Okay. Look, you got a nat one. Bring it up to an eight. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, and you don't have any funky evasion stuff, right? Nobody? Uh, nope. So in that case, um, Anton takes half damage, right? Whereas Norhill and Kalika take full damage. Kalmaza takes full damage as well. So I'm going to round it up to us to an even 30 for everybody. So that's 15 for Anton. Oof. And so 
the terror and screaming, the smoke, the smoldering, the burning hair, mushrooms, and whatever chemical blew up in this explosion fills the room in an unholy smell, smoke, and explosion. And you guys cruise through it, uh, holding on for dear life. Uh, Jarzak, on the other hand, um, yeah, there's one last cavern with a couple of stalagmites and stalactites, but it's pretty much clear on your side of it. You literally <laughs> picked like the easiest path out of everything. What what kind of damage was it? Uh, thirty, and it was just fire. All right, uh, Clink is going to use absorb elements again. Very well. And so with that, uh, both parties seem to at the same time uh, whiff out of uh, a couple of stone holes in the uh, wall like tunnel exits and as you guys pop out into the evening night uh, on your bats careening into the air you guys can see in the distance a shining jewel of civilization eristetting and as you guys collect your breath hold on tight and fly up into the sky the bats begin to try to circle and go back down towards the ground to come to some semblance of a landing as you guys look back and forth at one another asking yourselves what the fuck just happened and that is where we're going to end. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.